2: minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm c bridge joined as always by dusty evely and no sarah kelleher she is uh taking a week off she had some stuff going on with work so hopefully we did hear from her it's it's all wrapped up now but she's just she needs to go into uh, a little bit of darkness dusty i don't know she's, she's taking a break <laughs> from the world and yeah. you know it's just something i really think that she you know we we are here for her to let her take that time
3: but how are yeah, you yeah no we're, we'll we'll see when she emerges um you know what state she will be in we're all, we're all awaiting to see kind of what happens when she, when she emerges from the darkness but uh yeah man i'm doing <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, part of me thought that she saw that Rogers was back at McAfee and she was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm taking a week <laughs> off. But it does sound like she was actually busy with work. So, you know, we missed Sarah this week. Uh, but but yeah, man, we're we're, we're we're getting into some weirdness here this week. And I'm I'm, I'm excited about it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when Aaron Rogers talks, uh, people listen. And then when he says weird-ass stuff, people really <laughs> listen. And then Twitter just has a whole like side for Aaron Rodgers. Like it's a third tab now, just the Aaron Rodgers tab as opposed to the following for you. And then Aaron Rodgers. So he went off, but Dusty, he was on McAfee today and you got to take a listen. So we're going to take a little bit of a deeper dive today since uh, there's not a lot of Packers news going on. I don't know if you know this yeah
3: no yeah not a whole lot I actually looked beforehand and it was like here's draft picks it's like oh crap all right here we are we're this is the stage we're in in, in the Packers offseason so we knew it was coming to this day eventually but we still do have uh, the human content machine that is Aaron Rodgers going up at McAfee which you know watch the whole thing uh, some interesting stuff so normally in this space Sarah will just kind of give some recaps and we'll go through that which is very helpful for people who don't want to watch the whole show but since listen man Sarah isn't here and we got some time we got to kill we're gonna hit some kind of bigger points and get some reactions. Uh, a Along the way, as opposed to just one big, here is what happened, McAfee. So that's what we're doing. First things first, Steve. First things first. The man comes out, shows up with a cage fighter shirt. Now, what a cage fighter shirt is? It looks like a street fighter, like you know, selection screen where you are selecting your fighter and it says choose your fighter. Except every fighter is Nicholas Cage from a different movie. Uh, it was actually, I think it was Wicker Man versus. Um, God, what was it? Uh, it, was, it was a Vampire's Kiss or uh, Face Off, maybe, I think, on the top one. I can't remember which one it was. Um, either way. It's basically a whole bunch so of Cage. Not,
2: not the Bees versus Nicholas Rage.
3: Okay. Not the Bees versus Nicholas Rage. Uh, and so, you know, that got us thinking. You know, we're, we're, we're very uh, pro-Nicholas Cage on this podcast. So mm-hmm. we'll kick this off first, Steve. You know, I thought the Steve was... Or the, the Steve. The Steve was not cool. The shirt was, <laughs> the shirt was cool. Uh, I am and cool. So we, the Steve is it, cool. It, it was hard... <laughs> You don't call yourself this, Steve. It was <laughs> it was hard to make out all it the spells. faces. I should stop doing that. Thing. Yeah, that was that made me uncomfortable. Um, but we you know, we got we got most of them. We picked out most of them. So we thought kicking things off, Steve. Listen, if you were in this kind of a do or die situation and you had to pick a Nicolas Cage, we'll say we'll try to limit to one of the Nicolas Cages on a shirt. Which Nicholas Cage would you be?
2: Well, I'm going to start. I'm not going to be uh, not the bees because. He's already getting attacked by bees. Like, I'm not going to take that guy. He's already got demons that he's facing. Um, So I think I'm just going to go with Nicholas Rage because, you know, a white dude in his rage, like, that's not something you really mess with nowadays. Like, those dudes take it to the next level. And there's some crazy ones in here. Like, I think we said one of them was potentially is a Ghost Rider. Is that right? yeah
3: the one where space is getting set on
2: fire i'm pretty sure it's ghost Rider. Yeah. Who's like so those are supernatural like
3: being to... with a chain that seems like that
2: that's hard to beat yeah so actually i think i will i'll switch it. i'll switch to ghost rider because the dude's on fire it's got like he's a skull his head's on fire like who's messing with that like you touch him and you, you punch him and your your hand like blisters and catches on fire like yeah that didn't happen so i'll go with ghost rider nick cage
3: Listen, man, it's hard to pick against supernatural being with the chain that's on fire. Um, I got that that is hard to, to go against. And so I will probably lose. Um, I kind of I think I'm gonna go. I thought there was one of them was on here was from was when he was Superman from a movie that was not made, but I'm unclear if that's him or not. So that that's that's the clear choice because you've got Superman. So I'm not gonna be able to go with that. I'm gonna go uh, Mandy. I'm gonna go his character from Mandy, who honest to God, I can't remember his name. I don't know if he has a name. Uh his face is covered in blood. Uh, and he has a, um, in the movie, which is, which is tremendous. Like this weird psychedelic, the horror movie, uh, he has, I believe it's him. He fights with a chainsaw. That's like, I don't know, you know, 10 feet, 20 feet long, just this massive blade. Uh, that he's able to fight against the guy with the sword and, and defeat him. Uh, so, you know, he's got a certain amount of rage to him. He's fighting back. So if anyone's going to defeat ghostwriter, I'm going to, I'm going to think maybe, uh, maybe his character from Mandy could, um, he's fighting for something and that that counts for a lot for me so I'll, I'll go with that so all right so that's our nick cage portion of the show uh you know they touched on the pebble beach him him uh winning pebble beach with uh with ben johnson i believe talked about you know he's kind of alongside darius rucker he's behind macklemore and schoolboy q so kind of him talking about you know the pebble beach stuff was fun there was a clip that came out of that uh where well first of all i guess you know they asked him how it felt with people kind of courting him almost saying, Hey, come to Las Vegas, come be a Raider, come to be a Raider. And McAfee says something effective. Like it must be kind of cool getting that reaction uh, when you're out there, you know, you've never, you've never been a free agent. You must kind of like that. And Roger's response was, was just, listen, I'm not a free agent. I'm under contract with the Green Bay Packers. Like it was cool that people came out, a lot of good vibes out there, but you know, this is the, no one's courting me. I am under contract with the Packers and, and this is where I am. And talked about how there was, you know, a lot of Packers fans there as well uh, kind of supporting him and cheering him on as well. There was a moment that got caught on Mike uh, that I think AJ Hawk asked. He said, we, The question was just, What do you have against San Francisco? There's a clip of Roger saying, uh, I'm not going to San Francisco. Not going to San Fran. Did, yeah, did you see that? I'm not going to San Fran? Yeah. yeah. He said, but there's a lot of stuff around. He said there was a friend of his, they have been giving he was kind of razzing him, like kind of going back and forth. And he said, his initial response was like, I couldn't believe there's a mic that caught it and that it was that clear. He said they've been going back and forth a little bit. He's like, Come to San Francisco, come to San Francisco. And that was the point where he's like, I'm not coming to San Fran. He said, just kind of a joke between him and a friend. So I found that was interesting. A little bit of context around that. It wasn't just straight someone saying, Why don't you come to San Francisco? He's like, Why not go on there? He's like, This is a friend of mine and he was bugging me for the past five minutes. And I'm surprised the mic caught it, which was interesting. Um, the Wait, next one surprised the
2: mic caught it.
3: He said he's surprised it caught it that clearly. Cause he didn't think the mic was that, was that close uh, to, I guess the guy asking it or something, or that they would even care to clip that. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Uh, That's interesting. Cause
2: like, I, did you see the clip? I did. I did. I like, I felt like it was something that was very clear. And it was very clear. I'm a, I'm a little shocked that he was.
3: Well, shocked. I think this, he was, he was kind of on the move when he said it too. So I think he was, he was, he didn't really know that it was going to pick him up that well, I guess. Um, that the next thing to really kind of touch on here they talked about Brady's retirement um, and, you know it Rogers basically said like I said a lot of nice things about him when he, when he retired last year so just all of those things I'll just say all those things again <laughs> uh, and they asked does that sway any thoughts of Rogers retirement basically uh, is is does the decision of you know JJ Watts going in this is, is retiring as well Tom Brady does that make any decisions for Aaron Rodgers that make that easier or harder uh, and he said, uh, he said, "The idea there, the idea that I wouldn't want to share the stage with uh, with Tom and JJ Watt is ridiculous. That decision does not have any difference in my decision. I don't think like that. Is based that was that was his response. Now, my thought when I saw that initially was like because that was that was a talking point. He's not going to share share a stage with Brady. I feel like I've watched." rogers long enough to know like that's not going to factor into him i don't think he i don't think he cares but i know i don't necessarily think that like everyone else does steve what were your thoughts on when you saw
2: brady's retirement if you thought that might actually like factor into rogers decision yeah i absolutely think it factors into it i mean i think he knows absolutely all the right things to say and we're now into the into the off season and he's into his like you know one with the earth and peaceful thinking and everything along those lines but When it comes to football, when it comes to, like, his legacy and all those things, he's unbelievably protective of it. He didn't want to be Brett Favre 2.0, even though he turned himself into it. So, to me, like, I feel like this is something that plays into his mind. He'll never admit it out loud because why the hell would he? But, yeah, I think – I absolutely think it's something that he considers because – he feels like he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to play like you know he's never been short on uh ego when it comes to his talents and so going into the hall of fame with the goat and himself i do think that that plays a factor like he'll go in and if he doesn't retires the year after he'll go in the year after him but yeah i, I legitimately do think that that factors in for him even if he will never admit it out loud
3: I just personally, I don't think he uh, personally, I really don't think he cares enough or conversely that his ego is such that, like, whether I'm going on the Brady or not, I'm the headliner here. I know he has a lot of respect for Brady. He's talked about that before, uh, but he's he is a man who is supremely confident in not only his talent, but who he is as a player that I I kind of think that that mentality may strike. in. so, I mean, and, and we're going to talk about something he here in think a second. He's
2: the headliner. I, listen,
3: I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, you're right. Ego
2: is a fascinating thing. Well, and especially listen, for NFL I, quarterbacks.
3: <laughs> well, and I say, I say ego, and and I think that I'll just I'll clarify real quick because I mean that is a, it's a it's a negative term that gets thrown around. Every, and not only does everyone have an ego, every single NFL player has an ego. Every quarterback has a massive ego. And I've heard before someone saying about Aaron Rodgers, like you don't you don't play football the way that he does. You don't make some of the throws that he makes, and not have an ego. You can say the same thing for sure. anyone who who is a talented thrower of the football. So to say Aaron Rodgers has an ego. Some people may take that as a slight. That is not meant as a slight. That's just everyone has an ego, and everyone that plays in the NFL has an ego, and Aaron Rodgers has one, and we we clearly know that. Uh, so just just want to throw out a disclaimer there. <sighs> All right, Steve, you ready? <laughs> Let's All right. do it. So. He teed this up a couple of times through the episode. He talked about self-reflection and isolation. Self-reflection, and isolation. It certainly seemed like he was fishing. He wanted someone to ask him, "What does he mean by that?" And they kind of breezed by it a couple of times. It's like he, he was asking them, "Like, you guys got any updog?" And they were just they were just ignoring him for a little bit. You know, he kind of went on his way. And then eventually it was like, hey, man, you've been this just a couple of times. What is this? And then he launched in, um, which, you know, I threw some jokes out. Everyone threw some jokes out on it. But basically what it, what it is, he booked this out a while ago. If it tells you anything, he booked it out for after the Super Bowl. So, you know, he was he was thinking, you know, because I guess he had to book this out months in advance. You know, if the Packers were there, obviously, who's not going to book this there. So he booked it for after the Super Bowl. It's a four day retreat. He, you know, he they they were questioning him about it a little bit. He did not say exactly where he's going. I think uh, uh, Paul Noonan kind of had had a thought on where that might be, but it's a. Uh, he said he's going to contemplate all things my future. It is four days and four nights in complete darkness. It's called a darkness retreat. He said he has friends that have done it before and have had profound experiences. He has said that it's going to be basically four days in a little house. There's a little slot that they drop in food for. You don't really bring anything in with you. There's no. Uh, he said there's no music. No books, no anything, because, again, you're going to be in total darkness. Uh, A.J. Hawk asked him, is there a bathroom or are you wearing diapers? <laughs> uh, he said that, "He said there is a bathroom, but you can actually bring adult diapers if you want. Uh, oh, it, uh, All day, all night, he said he called it sensory deprivation, isolation, and clarification here, uh, no sensory deprivation tank. Now, there's a little bit, but he said it stimulates the DMTs. There could be some hallucinations. He's just sitting in silence and tying back to the shirt. He said... I'm going to have a lot of hallucinations where I am Nick Cage. Uh so he's got that booked. He's got that on, on the calendar there. So I've got a couple Did other he things to add. Specify
2: which Nick Cage he thinks he'll be.
3: No, listen, listen, man. he's there for four days. Every single one of the shirts, Steve. Could be every, every single maybe that shirts go in the dark. Maybe that's the only thing he can <laughs> see when he's there is the Nick Cage Nick Cage faces, which talk about hallucinations, man. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a couple of things to tag at the end here. Uh but for now, Steve, I mean, really the high-level stuff is. Aaron Rodgers is going somewhere, a small house, maybe maybe a cave with a door in it, we don't really know, in in complete silence with a slot where someone can drop food in and nothing else. All by himself for 4 days. That's it. Steve, what are your thoughts? Cuz he's saying he's going to he's contemplating his fu- his future, but also it's kind of a meditation, self-reflection, uh, you know, all of that getting getting in tune with himself after the season, all of that. So and what were your initial thoughts when you heard it, and kind of what are your what are your thoughts now?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I saw all the jokes that were put out on on Twitter, and they were multiple. Um, I, man, the the initial thoughts were like, "Ooh, that's uh, four days in total darkness." I, I like, I wasn't sure if that was like a real thing, if it was a joke at first, but um, you know, coming from the guy who did ayahuasca multiple times, and you know, projectile vomiting to have. Uh, you know, a clear mind and a you know, connect and figure out what his life was going to be like. Does this really shock anybody that he's going to go spend four days in the dark and and contemplate his future? Like, no, that doesn't shock me at all. It's it it kind of makes me laugh. Um, some of the things that people were tweeting out, like his his interaction with Mitchell Schwartz, was very I think eye opening. I think that's a a good way to describe it because Mitchell Schwartz was talking about how like. Was oh, it somebody who can't handle the 49ers is really going to handle four days in the darkness? And it was Aaron, something
3: just, like the Packers. The, he the, the, he thinks the Packers want input from a guy who's going to spend four days in total darkness. I think it was something like that.
2: Oh, okay. I saw, then I saw another tweet of an of how a guy who can't handle the 49ers is going to handle four days in darkness alone. And I'm like, wow, those are definitely not the same thing. But, <laughs> but you know, Aaron comes back and talking about you know just talks about love and and understanding. And you know, I feel like. He's he's on a journey, man. Like nobody knows where this journey is going to go. And it's very off the beaten path of NFL players and, and most people, for the most part. Like there are a lot of people that would never, ever be able to do the type, this type of thing of go sit by yourself for four days, not have any light, have a little bit of food and just sit with your thoughts. I mean, we all ever for the most part, most people use alcohol, drugs. Any other vice they can to numb pain and numb feelings and not have to think, and this man is going out of his way to embrace it. So I think it's a cool thing. I don't think it's for everybody, which is why it's always met by skepticism. So if that's what he needs to go figure out his future, man, I hope it. I hope it goes well. It's uh, it's an intense thing he's taken on, and I wish him the best. But yeah, it's it's interesting, that's for sure. And you gotta love Aaron Rodgers. Like if he does get traded, man, I don't know what we're gonna talk about next off season.
3: I love the idea of, of Probably him, Aaron like, rogers I, well I love the idea of him getting traded and Jordan love is weirder like he's just been quiet about it like we just haven't haven't not seen That'd that come awesome. out why wouldn't that be the dream uh yeah I mean my so my initial response I got some jokes off um because because you know initially it is it's 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 something out, outside of my experience. I know his, his his response to Mitchell Schwartz was it was he dropped the Ted Lasso quote in there. It was the be curious, not judgmental, um, which is something I know we've talked about here before as well. And it sums up. I mean, a, a broader a broader way to think about life and the experiences of other not others not mirroring your own. So I mean, initial response was yeah, I'm going to get this joke off. But I mean, really, like if you dig into you know. If you're into religion, you're looking at religious thinkers or even just just philosophers or or anyone, uh, you know, anyone who, who has written about, you know, I don't know what it what it means to be human like the, it can be very eye opening uh, to to just spend time with yourself, to figure out who you are, uh, to, to, to spend that time. Um, and, and yeah, so the fact that he's doing it, like you said, it's, it's initially it's, it's different from my experiences. It's not something that, that I am in a position where I could do. It's not something, frankly, I would probably want to do, but I also think it is, it's important to know who you are and to be in tune with yourself. And if this is how he can get there, because he is able to do this, he's able to go out and do this for four days. And this is something he wants to do. And he, I mean, he said multiple times, this is not for everyone. This is not, this is not something that everyone should do. This is probably not every, something anyone wants to do, but this is something for me to kind of get in tune with myself. And I think that's, like you said, you you mentioned, you said, whatever journey he's on. And I think that's, that's a, that's an important way to look at this. Like he is, he's on a very specific journey. I mean, he's, this is a guy who's played i've been thinking about this a lot because the jokes i've thrown around before have been like well, this is this listen i was a philosophy major for a while in college and this is my philosophy 101 class i was in philosophy 101 the year that the matrix came out if you can imagine how people Ooh. were in that class like good good gracious man so it's a lot of it's a lot of the stuff that i heard you know back then a lot of a lot of the especially over the past couple of years but then i think well rogers was has been playing football since you know at a high level since, you know, middle school, high school. And, you know, I've known college athletes. You don't have time to do anything else. You don't really have time to a lot of times find out who you are to get in tune with yourself because your focus is football. This is who I am as football. And so to get to a spot in his late thirties where he's like, this is likely, this is something I missed out on. This is something I want to do. It's been, it's been interesting, you know, t- at times maddening, Um, you know, some of the, we won't get into it a ton, but you know, some of the, you know, certainly the anti-vax stuff is something that I, I personally do not agree with. Uh, and I, and I wish some of that <laughs> misinformation would stop, but some of these moments like this, where you see like, this is a man that's searching and is on a very specific journey and he's looking for something. I thoroughly enjoy that. Um, I, I like seeing this side of him, uh, and I like seeing kind of his thought process that goes into this. It might not be, uh, might not be what you want. It might not be anything for you, but it's something for him, and it's something he finds important. And I think I think that's important to support. Um, so I'm I'm all in favor of that. I will say after you know going on that that very long diatribe there. One of the things at the end, because it kind of kept circling back to this throughout the episode, it was you had you had this main portion of it where they're like, what are you talking about and asking them questions? And then throughout the episode, they'd be peppering with questions. So can you do this? Like as guys would think about it. Oh, crap. I got to figure this <laughs> out. Uh, they asked him because he kept saying at the beginning, he kept saying four nights, four nights. And so at the end, someone was like, was it four days, Like so four days and four nights, like the whole day? Like, yeah, yeah, four days and four nights. And they're like, well, can you leave? He's like, well, yeah, you get doors open. You can leave if, if you don't want to do it. You know, if you're, if you're a day in, if you're less than a day in, you don't want to leave doors open. You can leave. Huh. AJ Hawk dropping the hammer. Absolutely killed me. He said, are you sure you can leave? You ever seen saw dude actually had to saw his leg <laughs> off. And that abs- absolutely killed me. Got a, got a chuckle out of Rogers out of that as well. Uh, Cause that's exactly, that's exactly where my mind went. I don't, I don't do um, escape rooms. Cause I'm like, well, that's, that's how they kidnap awesome. you yeah they just lock you in the room I, they're not tricking me uh so i thoroughly Did, enjoyed was he that.
2: smoking a cigar while he said that too
3: he wasn't he was actually uh, in the studio this time okay. uh they, they were like a whole bunch of them like sitting on the couch in the studio he's normally uh, at home he was not at home mm-hmm. so i guess you know no smoking on set no maybe.
2: Cigar
3: i'm not sure but that was fun. Um, I guess it, one of the other moments that came up that I, that I thoroughly enjoyed was James Jones showed up. I guess he had a show on the set right after. So he stopped by and he was wearing a Raiders shirt. And the initial thought was, <laughs> he's, he's politicking, man. He's trying to get Rodgers to the Raiders. And then he opened his jacket and you saw the whole shirt. And it was just Chandler Jones stiff-arming Mac Jones through the turf.
2: Uh, oh, my God.
3: <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed. Tremendous shirt. Great reveal. Got a chuckle That's out of it. <laughs> so he talked about the Super Bowl a little bit. He did talk about it's going to be one up front. He said Mahomes is really good, and if the Chiefs are going to win, they need to get out to a big lead early so that takes up the Eagles out because if the Eagles are able to do what they want to do and operate how they want to operate, uh, they, they will likely win because that line is better. Um, and then talk, talked for a while. It was really interesting. I'm not going to recap the whole thing. He talked for a while about um, – the state of refereeing in the NFL and kind of some of his favorite guys. And one of, he said one of his favorite refs is, is, sheffers. And he said that without knowing that he was doing the Super Bowl, because he talked about like the state of communication and kind of what those guys do and how some of the younger guys maybe aren't quite there yet. And, and just some of the the different miscommunications, but he didn't talk for a while about some of his favorite refs throughout the years. And then the state of refereeing throughout the NFL, which I, if, if you're interested in that watch like the last, I don't know, five minutes of, of McAfee. Cause it was, again, I'm not getting into all of it here, but I thought it was, it was really interesting kind of thoughts on, on where that is. But that was a, uh, that was Rogers on McAfee. It was a very interesting, it was an interesting episode and one that I, I, I it was 42 minutes. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. This was, this was a really fun one.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, some of them aren't always the best, but it sounds like this was one with uh, not as much football content, but just a very interesting deep dive kind of into the person that he is. So I thought it was interesting and I was worse. It's, it's fascinating too, to kind of see the reactions around the the league, um, around media and everything to all this too, because I was actually listening to ESPN Milwaukee when I was driving around for work today and Jason Wildy, who, you know, famously had a Tuesday show before McAfee did Tuesdays with Aaron for ESPN. And, like thought that he had, a, he, he's always said he he had a good relationship with him. Like he was on a texting level and would, you know, daughter, like he, he came to his daughter's birthday one time. Like, you know, that, like a, a good relationship flat out said today, I don't know him. Which I, I, I Yeah. Which I guess he's like, after today, he's like, he's like, I don't know this person. So it's pretty it was pretty interesting. So, again, though, it's, it's one of those things. People are, are definitely afraid of the things that they don't understand or can't understand. So, you know, with a grain of salt, I think all that kind of stuff goes.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: We did get a couple of questions from Twitter because there's literally nothing else going on in the uh, Packers world right now. So we'll dive into those, and then we'll keep this one relatively short. I mean, we always say it's short, and then it always ends up being 45 minutes, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see. First one, the real Devante. Why do you think Joe Barry is the offensive coordinator after this season? Only God knows,
3: think? man. <laughs> Only God knows. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I was actually – my my brother was, was – we got a we got a group uh, text thread. My brother was texting about this today. Like, this is why you don't – this is why I'm in favor of what he said. This is why I'm in favor of firing people halfway through the season, firing a coordinator if you don't want him. Because from the outside – and I don't know if this is what it is – from the outside looking in, certainly what it appears to be is that Barry may have been on his way out, and then he salvaged his job with his last three or four games because the defense looked a lot better but we know who Joe Barry is at this point. So you don't let my, and my, my thought against that had always been, I don't like firing a coordinator in season because then you have an interim who maybe does good for three or four games. And then you hire the interim. Then it's like, Oh, this guy's not good for a full season. So it's kind of the same, like you can get there from two different directions. So that was his thought is like, listen, they may, and this is my thought as well. They may have let the last three to four games um, kind of color their perception in terms of what the defense could be, even though we have, not just the past two years, but prior years of the Joe Barry experience as far as defense quarter in the league to see what he has. So I, I like to think there's some thought beyond Matt LaFleur likes him. Um, you know, there were a lot of names out there that were available this year. You know, Evero, you know, just got hired by the Panthers. And um, Steve Wilkes just got hired, I think, by the Niners after Demico Ryan's left. And Fangio got hired. Like, a lot of, like, very good, some, some kind of either older guys that have been doing this for a while that have been very, very successful. Or younger up and coming guys that have shown some stuff. There's names out there that, like, you know, a guy like Evero, you probably don't have him past a year. But you have him for a year as one of the better up and coming defensive coordinators. So I don't know. I, I my thought is that these the last three or four games kind of colored perception, and they think that maybe he can be something in the next year, and that with well, maybe there'll be a top ten unit, and then we'll look back at the year and go, well, this was a twenty fifth ranked unit. Like, why did we why did we let this happen? Like that that certainly seems like probably closer to where it's going to end. But I don't I don't know I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, my my initial thought is that. Now floor is just a little too close to the situation and can't let go of a friend and almost to a fault, probably, from what it seems like. Uh, So I think that's an interesting angle just to kind of, you know, that's one that's talked about already. And then um, on top of that, like, I still feel like they think that if they have Aaron Rodgers, they don't want to change a lot. They want to be able to hold on and just take one last swing with Aaron Rodgers. And if they bring in a new defensive coordinator, that's going to take time to get him up and his guys up to date and up to speed. And they saw lots of progress at the end of the season. They're like, well, maybe we can make this work, which, as Dusty said, not great, but kind of the situation that the Packers are in. And so I feel like – and then even so, like if, if Aaron Rodgers retires, they still feel – it seems like they feel really comfortable with Jordan Love moving forward. That's what it feels like and that the offense could be there and then you've got this defense that already has been click, has been together for three years and they, they kind of – that's the defense we're going to rely on while Jordan Love kind of figures some things out. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the year, we're ready to go. So – not a great answer, I, I know that for sure. It's not; it doesn't make me feel any better saying it all out loud. But I think that's exactly what the Packers are thinking right now. So
3: I do want to float one other thing out there because this is something I don't—I don't think I've seen talked about too much. Is that a lot of this comes down to we say like Lafleur making the decision, Lafleur too close to, and I, I, certainly I think that that may be part of it. Um, that, that seems like probably what is happening. Who knows? But we don't know what the power structure that where he answers to Murphy, Gutekunst, and and Lafleur both answer to Murphy. The whole like. I'm going to say loyalty. Like that's a bad thing. Um, it's not a bad thing. Uh, loyalty is good. But we also know that the Packers organization, as a whole, as a whole has been at times entirely too loyal to guys for like a year or two too long. Um, so part of me wonders if
2: if not players, maybe, but coaches, n-
3: <laughs> not players but coaches. Well, sometimes <laughs> players, but definitely coaches. Like yeah. part of me wonders if this potentially is 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 Murphy. If this is going across, uh, you know, regimes at this point, if if Murphy has a little more say in this, then people are kind of potentially saying in the floor saying, I want to get rid of him, And Murphy, for whatever reason, I don't want to pay his salary. I don't want to bring the new guy in and then pay, you know, top salary for a guy that's leaving or any, whatever that I, again, I all this is speculation because we don't know the conversation inside that building, but I didn't want to have to go by without saying like, like we're putting all this on the floor and potentially that's the case. But also I don't want to overlook the fact that like this has been a trend in Green Bay um, while Mark Murphy is better to be in there. And I don't want to just say Mark Murphy's at fault either, but just it's something I kind of want to float out there as, as a potential, another potential reason for it.
2: Next question. Parker Eves. Who is one player that you wish the Packers would trade slash sign this offseason? And what is your favorite Super Bowl commercial of all time? I'm going to go uh,
3: for player. I'm gonna go Mike Gasicki. You know, I look at this I try to look at it from a couple of different angles, age, what I think they're gonna cause. Like Evan Ingram is on the market, and Evan Ingram is only one year older than Gasicki. But Ingram had a much better year um with with Jacksonville than Gasicki did in Miami. So this is a guy who's 27. Tight ends. The Packers tight end room is a mess, uh, so I kind of wanted to bolster that room a little bit with a guy who not a great blocker, but you know what you're getting. And He's a guy who can threaten downfield a little bit. And you know what his skill set is, and it's a guy in tight end room you can you can build some stuff around. I think uh, with, with some with some other unknowns in the room. So I'll go I'll go Gusecki. The other guys again Ingram, someone like Jesse Bates, a safety from uh, from Cincinnati who's 26, and they need a safety. I think would another be one, and Jordan Poyer who's getting up there a little bit would be another guy in the safety um, safety room. I think Gasicki of all those guys, and then favorite Super Bowl commercial. Steve and I were going through uh, <laughs> this basically the same list of commercials. Like, oh yeah, that was a pretty good one because I, I had a tough time with some of these. I'm gonna go. Uh, I've got I've got two. Um, we'll go Terry Tate, office linebacker, that I feel like is a joint pick between me and you because I know you brought that one up. Uh, that's. I can't watch those without laughing. Just, it's oh, a tremendous, funny. it's a tremendous concept. Those hits are brutal. Like, it's so much fun to watch. I, it's, I just, I love those.
2: And then he stands over
3: them and screams. It's awesome. At <laughs> the like copier, just bodying people. It's <laughs> tremendous. That's uh, like, like, comedy right there. I love those. And then uh, mm-hmm. the other one, you know, early, I think this was Super Bowl 27, was uh, the, it was called The Showdown, which was the Jordan Bird game of horse, where you know, they start at the free throw line and they get down on a knee. And then they're up one of the high ones. And by the end of it, they're up on top of a building and bouncing it off of walls and cars and all that stuff. Like that one, that one really stuck with me from when I was a kid. So I, I will go, I'll go with the showdown and Terry Tate office
2: linebacker. Okay. those are yeah, those were some, we had some fun, like scrolling through all the old stuff and, <laughs> yeah. and finding some of them. Like we completely, I found the one that said the bud bowl. And I was like, Oh my God, I completely forgot about the bud bowl. <laughs> and you're like, what's the bud bowl. Like, yes. Oh my God. Like, it left my brain. Like, peak like like very early 90s of the bud bowl so uh but as far as one player i'm gonna cheat because i have two technically so it's gonna be wide receiver uh so deandre hopkins i would love to see the packers trade for them if arizona's in a sell mode and they can get a, I mean pff said that they they could trade for like a third and a fifth or a fourth and a sixth I would say do that in the heart. You know what they're That's doing, a, just do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a third-round pick. Fire it into the sun. The Packers <laughs> don't need to make it at all. So trade that trade that away and, and pick up new. So either Aaron Rodgers can throw to him or, or Jordan Love. And then on the other hand, it's the um, Keenan Allen. That's another wide receiver who is potentially on the cut list just because the Chargers are cap-pressed uh, right now. They're, I think they're like 24 over the cap. And him and Gerald Everett have been mentioned as some cap casualties. So, you know, he said he always wanted to play with Devontae Adams. But if Aaron Rodgers is still around, I would love to have him kind of paired with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, could learn a lot of good stuff from him. So I think that would be be a great one. And then I'm going to kind of repeat because we did talk about Terry Tate, but – the Cindy Crawford Pepsi commercial is also <laughs> one of the top ten in the list. And uh, Dusty said, "Is has, has, has told me I'm not allowed to use certain terms certain anymore. Certain types of language I've banned <laughs> from the show." Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I still that's still like it, it's a, a funny commercial. It's hilarious, and I yeah, I remember being you know a ten year old kid watching that that commercial and be like, "Whoa, that's I mean." She slayed in that commercial, so gotta give it up for Cindy Crawford. Is that better? I didn't say I didn't say any of the inappropriate terms. Oh, that's that's acceptable. Yeah I, yeah, I don't have to edit any of that out <laughs> or or, or go <laughs> see. All right. Uh, our good buddy, Brian Hart said, who always has some great questions. If you were the NFL commissioner for one day, what rule change would you implement? Food question. What Oreo flavored cookie do you wish that would come out? They would come out with. So what do you got for us?
3: Yeah, these are easy, man. I think that the, the, the Penalty one, or the 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 officiating rule change, is one I've probably mentioned here before. But I will just say I believe that offensive pass interference should not only be ten yards, but should also carry loss of down with it. You see, I mean, listen, in the NFL, it's different in college. In the NFL, you've got defensive pass interference penalties on an underthrown ball. <clears throat> Carson Wentz, cough, cough going <laughs> for fifty yards, like game-changing, explosive plays in an era where where explosive plays are hard to come by. And then offensive pass interference is like it's the same as offensive holding. It's just it's it's ten yards, which you know ten yards is not nothing. It's ten yards, and then you know it's first and twenty or or whatever. Like I, I just the disparity of those calls, especially since offensive pass interference does not get called, get called nearly as often as defense pass interference. So I think offensive pass interference give it ten yards. It should be personal foul penalties. So ten yards and loss of down. And then uh, Oreo cookie flavored Rumchada. Man, I think a Rumchada Oreo would be Ooh. delicious.
2: Now, does it actually
3: have alcohol in it? No, it doesn't. No. it does not that's you true. got the flavoring yeah yeah i th- that yeah i think you do have, you have to sell those in a different store if you got that so yeah that cookie that can get you
2: drunk that's impressive that'd be something wow. <laughs> my kind of cookie baby yeah exactly exactly uh as far as a rule change i would go with um now dusty actually informed me of something i was saying put a microchip in the ball mm-hmm. and it, before i even got to the part i wanted to talk about he told me that can you explain this? Because I had never, I didn't hear this part. Yeah,
3: someone let it slip. Um, it was the Next Gen Stats account. Uh, so you know, Next Gen Stats is affiliated with the NFL, and there was—I can't remember the call. I think it was in the wild card round, and there was something. You know, someone reached out with the ball, and and it was called—you know—not a touchdown or whatever. And the uh, the Next Gen official Next Gen Stats Twitter account said something to the effect of like the cl- per the microchip of the ball, the closest the ball got to the goal line was point three yards, and it was everyone was like. They admitted there's a microchip in the ball. I don't think that's ever been admitted before. So yeah, this was yeah during during the playoffs, I believe. I think it was wild card round. Uh, but yeah, apparently they the NFL has admitted or the NFL Next Gen Stats has admitted there's a microchip in the ball.
2: Hmm. Then something I was completely unaware of. I hadn't seen that at all. But my thought process behind it was not for the goal line, but it's just for punting. So I want some lasers or whatever they need to do to insert on the sidelines. And as soon as the ball gets punted and it goes out of past the sideline, you can tell where the ball is instead of a 60-year-old dude that was at the 10-yard line running up, staring at the sky, going, oh, that's where the ball went out of bounds. That's where the ball went out. No, I'm going to keep going. Now I'm right under where the ball went out of bounds. And that's exactly how they determine exactly where the goes out Precisely of bounds. Precisely this spot. <laughs> yep, exactly that spot. And there's no questioning it. There's no nothing. It's like, oh, yep, that's about right. That seems about right. Okay. Good job, old man. <laughs> I think that that could be an improvement. Just a slight improvement. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. And then uh, an Oreo-flavored cookie. Let's do bacon, man. I mean, everything's yeah. better with bacon. And If you can get, like, the saltiness in there with the sweet and the cookie crunch, yeah, bacon-flavored Oreo I think would hit pretty well. All right. I think we got one more here, Dusty. We got Matt Pickett. If you could sign one non-QB offensive and defensive player from both of this year's Super Bowl teams to the Packers roster, who would you take and why? Bonus question. What's your favorite non-Packers Super Bowl memory?
3: So I think we're both agreed on the Chiefs offensive player. It was MVS. Um, I'm (laughs) i'm kidding we love you MVS. we hope you win a super bowl this weekend uh i mean travis kelsey makes makes so much sense because not only is he yeah. one of the best tight ends uh to to play the position quite frankly uh the packers could use some tight end help so we with travis kelsey for the tight end uh offensive or for the offensive position for the chiefs my offensive pick then from the eagles would be aj brown so get some get some real good receiving help there with uh kelsey and brown and then defensive side we got hassan reddick and Chris Jones, which I think I think both Chiefs we picked. I think you got Chris Jones yeah. as well. So we'll just, we're bolstering. We've got Chris Jones wrecking stuff in the middle. We got Reddick as a tear off the line We're now, pairing him with, you know, a, a surgically repaired Sean Gary and Buddy. We're we're ready to cook. Ready to cook. Who do you got? Oh, and then the uh, non packers Super Bowl memory. I'm going back to 25 Super Bowl 25 because I was uh, 10 years old at the time. I, I vaguely remember the year before, which was the Niners beat the Broncos 55 to 10, just an absolute drubbing. The year before that, I was eight years old, and that would have been the uh, the Niners beating the Bengals on the, hey, is that John Candy moment? And I don't really remember that. Uh, we watched football when I was a kid, but we, I don't know that we made an event out of it. And I'm sure I saw that game potentially, but I didn't know what I was watching uh, at that level necessarily. But 25, I was 10 years old. It was in Tampa and we were living in, in Clearwater at the time. So I remember it. I actually, I got a book of it. I've got like a, someone gave me like the big, huge, like, here's what you need to know to get ready for the Super Bowl. So I was really in the Super Bowl that year. And that was Giants-Bills. That was the Bill's first appearance. And that was, I mean, a hard fought game. Uh, I think the Bills were heavily favored in that game. I loved the Bills that year. That was you know Jim Kelly, Jim Kagan Kelly, stuff. I was I was all in on the Bills. Love their helmet, and they lose uh, on the 47 yard wide right Norwood kick. So I remember that game. I remember that moment very very clearly, and that sucks. But I was like, well they're you know they're going to get back. They're a good team, and I loved watching that offense. And then they did make it back the next three years, and they lost each of those three years. So uh, that was I think that was for me like one of my again I was I was ten. That was one of my younger memories of of like vividly watching football and like being invested and paying attention to what was going on so i'll go i'll go uh
2: i'll go 25 yeah okay um yeah we we definitely agreed on the chiefs we both said travis kelsey you both said chris jones and i mean hassan Radek is for sure i think the pick on defense i just trying to go outside of that i said darius slate i mean the packers getting another cornerback of that that Tier to put across, you know, if that puts Stokes on all of a sudden your slot receiver, dude, okay, sign me up for that. Um, and then for offense, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't get, I really can't go past it. E.G. Brown, like, that's the type of wide receiver you would want. Um, I maybe mean, we, we kind of toss around offensive linemen, but yeah. Didn't really know of anybody that stood out like like crazy. Someone like like, like Jordan
3: Mailata or something like Mailata has been tremendous. Like or Creed Humphrey from the Chiefs. Like, I think you could, there are names out there, but was like well, mm-hmm. I, could, I could I could have those names or I could have AJ Brown and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. The things that Travis Kelsey could do in the Packers offense, man. I mean, yeah. I feel like that would be insane. So yeah, that's uh that. And then favorite non-Packer Super Bowl memory. So we would always have the Super Bowl parties at my house uh, when I was a kid growing up because my dad had the Jumbotron TV, uh, projection TV, whatever the, you know, the thing that weighed a million pounds and was the size of like (laughs) a small house. Yeah, we had one of those. He got that as like a bonus for his for uh, for work one year. And so. Uh, we always had the the parties there so it was always a lot of fun like friends from elementary school would come over their dads would come over and bring over food and uh so that was always a good time but if you're going to if you press me for a game I would say um the Titans Rams Super Bowl was just I just rewatched like, that one 2 days ago yeah it was such a good game just like and that's that's exactly what you're asking for if your team is not in it, and you get to watch, and it comes down to the last play, and one yard away from getting into the end zone, man. Like that was just that was awesome. So that was a really fun Super Bowl. Uh, I saw a couple of highlights of that popped up on my my Twitter feed, and that's kind of what triggered my mind. But yeah, that was a that was a great Super Bowl. So, Dusty, that's uh, that's all we got this week. So. I mean, I know we said we are going to keep it short. We're already running at like 40-ish minutes uh, between the two of us. So, Sarah would have been here. We've been well over an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll finish this up, as we always do, with some closing thoughts. Yeah, man. Um,
3: so, I'm, I'm you know, kind of in between writing stuff, working on a couple of things. I've mentioned some of that stuff before. I'm actually working on something now, just jotting down some thoughts about um, – the the tentative title for the piece is just Aaron Rodgers in the darkness, and I'm kind of pulling together some of my <laughs> kind of favorite uh, favorite thoughts from um, from different different texts, I guess. Uh, kind of did kind you, of about did you the title that, that today. Yeah, I did.
2: Yeah, okay, well, I was about to say like that is wildly just no, like, coincidental. Yeah, actually, you and- I
3: started like half an hour before we started recording. It's it's really just it's it's thoughts about the idea of 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 solitude and and how it's kind of this universal uh, universal established thing as far as, you know, kind of, as far as finding yourself. So I'm finding different, different texts, you know, again, I was philosophy major for a bit. So I've still got some books laying around. So I'm kind of going through some of those and it's it's been kind of a fun path. So kind of a little light on that. I mean, and and to go along with kind of some of the stuff we talked about earlier, listen, man, um, you know, everyone, (laughs) everyone's on their own path. Uh, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's very, can feel very trite to, to quote Ted lasso but that is that is a quote that i find there's there's some great power universal truth and power and it's just the be be curious not judgmental and so you know not saying not saying i'm not gonna joke about stuff uh because i'm gonna joke about that stuff but just as with everything just be mindful of the fact that uh the people you're talking to the people you interact with are not on the path you're on um they're, they're not on They they do not have the experiences you have they're not going through what you have and you're not going through what they have so as we always say on the show you know just be kind, um, be understanding, be kind, um, because you really don't know what people are going through. And, um, yeah, just if you can choose to be kind, which you can, uh, just choose to be kind. And also, I, I'm really excited about the Super Bowl. That's my last final thought. I'm really excited <laughs> about the Super Bowl. I think it's, it's, it may end up being a blowout, and I'm going to feel silly for it, but I'm, I'm hyped for
2: this game. You think so? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. With, with Mahomes not able to move that much and, and some of the, the kind of questionable injuries of some of those guys and, and the way the Eagles are able to win – I feel like the Eagles, if things oh, break dude, right, the Eagles are going to blow them up. If things break right, the Eagles could steamroll. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm, and I've got that in the back of my mind. It could go either way, but I'm, I'm looking forward to a good game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Very, very interesting. Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously, I echo a lot of what Dusty said. That's, that's great stuff um, that he kind of put out there. Uh, just as a side note, I'm going to be on the Hey, we like your pod this week. So, oh, nice. uh, with our good friends, uh, Don and Matt there. So I'll be out with that, talking to them Thursday night and just, you know, football and all that kind of life and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be fun. So if you want to make sure to catch that, that'd be great. But yeah, outside of that, man, I I really don't have too much. Just, um, you know, trying to get through another day and always a pleasure to sit down and talk football with you. And obviously we thank you guys for for taking the time to listen to us because, Sometimes we can't believe that there's people that actually want to hear our opinions on football. That could be me, me more than Dusty, because we know a lot of people want to hear Dusty's opinions on football. It's the off season; uh, <laughs> no
3: one cares at this point, Steve. We're
2: we're out of it, man. No one, no one cares what I have to say at this point. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we we definitely appreciate it. So make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. That's at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher 4 at Steve Perhatch at Packaday Podcast. And uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully, we'll have uh, something to talk about. Maybe it's an Aaron Rodgers trade. Uh, maybe it's uh, Aaron Rodgers coming out. Do we, actually, do we know when he's doing his four-day darkness retreat? It's after the Super Bowl. Um, I got after the feeling the I, f-
3: I got the I got the feeling a few days after Super Bowl. He did not mention specific dates. I you know, it was vague with a lot of the stuff. I think because he didn't want people okay. like trying to find out like where and when he was going to be somewhere. Which uh, I, which can, I yeah, get. that's understandable. Um, but he said so he didn't. He didn't necessarily say he's going to be back next week. But he said like we may have to have a special guest type of thing when I'm when I'm out and have like, gathered myself or something. So I don't know if he's going to be on. I doubt he's going to be on next week. Uh, next tuesday but maybe towards the tail end of next week or something he will you know he'll be he'll be done and emerge and we'll hear some stuff but yeah probably not by next tuesday i guess
2: okay so yeah probably no aaron Rodgers news at that point but you never know the nfl is a weird weird thing so thank you guys for listening we will be back next week even if aaron Rodgers won't be and as always go pack go